0: A podcast this is alan in california and um joseph in miami where fortunately it's not having yeah fortunately we
1: are we are not getting a category five hurricane coming yeah here. very thankfully very very thankfully. thankful so, happy to yeah. happy to be here safe and sound
0: yeah When we were when i was setting up saying oh yeah i'll, I'll call you next monday that was starting yeah. the, Little iffy, but now <laughs> it's
1: better. Yeah, very. Low. I mean, I'm, I'm just happy I have power because my power goes out very easily. So I'm very happy right now.
0: Yeah, that's good. And um, so we want to talk mostly about um, the Real Madrid match, where for the mm-hmm. third year in a row we drew 2-2 at the Ceramics. Yeah, seems so, to be
1: coming a uh, becoming a typical yearly thing it, now.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you know last year we drew 2-2 and we were a team that struggled the year before we drew 2-2 and we did pretty well so Exactly.
1: So I, I don't think yeah to take I don't think we can really take anything away and say oh well you know we tied a top 3 team so we're going to be good but also we topped we tied a top 3 team last year and we're not very good so um yeah I mean you just tell me what you what you think first off what your observations are from the game and how you feel about it
0: Well I thought Okay, one thing I thought that was good was that for me anyway, the um, with all the controversy about the refereeing at Levante, yes. the same referee, I didn't think refereeing was a big deal here. I, I thought the um I, I thought that the challenge on Ontiveros for their, that led was to fair. the goal was fair, yes.
1: and I didn't
0: think that the, that the play on Vinicius was a penalty. I thought, I thought the referee got both of those right. Um. I think the uh, the positives I would take away from it were that I thought Kaleha had did a much better job at reading the game than he did the first two. I thought his subs were right on. I think, um, you know, Samu was pretty much neutralized by Mendy, and it made sense to make a change. And I thought Santi Kazora for whatever reason, was off. Um, didn't have a, uh, his usual game. And so subbing him made sense too. And kind of the same way with the combi, who was very good early on, but then sort of faded. So I thought, I thought that that was good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the disappointing part for me was that I thought this was a very poor Madrid team by comparison to most years. Um, they seemed, pretty much ripe for the picking and I think we would have scored more goals we certainly would have created more chances if we had not been so poor with the ball in midfield we just it's just seemed like we made a lot of um, passes that didn't come off held the ball too long and got stripped of it a few times there was just and there were a number of times where players just, somebody played a ball expecting somebody else to make a run and that run didn't come. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that kind of thing. It's like that cost us um, because there were a couple of times where we started off with a really good, good counter and then it just fell apart because of, of frankly an unforced error from, from us. So, um, you know, that was unfortunate. And I will say, I think, you know, while I don't like to point fingers at people. I think the, um, Andres in goal had a fairly shaky day and the second goal pretty much bore yeah. that out. I mean,
1: and it's was, only worrisome because now playing, this would be the second game on a row.
0: Yeah. He was playing for the cross and, and Bale, you know, he just left so much space and, you know, it, it really wasn't a goal that should have yeah. gone at this level.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, exactly. I mean, you know, hats off to Gareth Bale for putting a pinpoint one in the near corner, but I think as a keeper, you never want to get beat near post. I mean, that's always, at least from what I've heard, the one thing that you just you just don't want to happen. You'd rather have him curl the ball around you and score a beauty into the top other corner than have him beat you in your near post for sure as a keeper. So I think it's only worrisome on that aspect because of the fact that, like we were saying, um, like I was saying, like last game, you know, kind of played the ball out of the back, put, you know, into a bad position, and that led to one of the Levante goals. So, I mean, mm-hmm. now to see the second game in the row where you could kind of maybe put a fault on him um, for something that he definitely could have done better. Yeah, I think I I would personally say that playing Leganis next, them being actually bottom of the table right now, um, I think it's definitely a good opportunity to start a sentinel.
0: Yeah, I mean I think I think that's the that's the the thing. I think there is a goalkeeping there was a little bit of a goalkeeping controversy anyway, but I think there's more now. Um, and I have to say part of a part of that for me is my Experience, you know, Andres' experience in the league has has been, when he's been good, he's been really, really good. I mean, that one year with Osasuna, where he was arguably the best keeper in the league that year, and was just outstanding. And then he's had some years that, then, then the next year, he wasn't. You know, he he was sort of mediocre. He played he played better last year down the stretch for us. Um, but this year i've you know a couple of errors like that i and i just think asenho i mean he, yes he has some limitations too he's clearly having been injured as many times as he has you know he's he's not as mobile in the net and um and that can be a problem but but he's an excellent um keeper i think i think he plays the angles well and he ha- still has very good reflexes he just is a bit of a liability in terms of being, he doesn't come out from his area much.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I think that being that we're playing a weaker team next game, I think it's definitely an opportunity to start him and at least see what you're getting. Um, Yeah. um, Yeah. As, as, as for the rest of the game, I mean, I had pretty much the same observations you did. I mean, I think we could, like you said in your blog, I mean, we could absolutely string together some beautiful attacking football. Sometimes that just makes me go, wow. You know, if we could play like this consistently, it's, we could we could play up against anybody really. Um, Like you said, I, Cazorla just had an off day. I'm not really going to fault him on that, you know. But just yeah, it seemed to me that he was losing the ball a lot, caught in possession. Uh, he was getting knocked around a bit. There were a couple hits on him. I thought should be should have been a foul, but I think the referee was really just letting them play all day shoulder to shoulder, which yeah. I mean ultimately yeah did did lead to that equalizer um, five minutes from game time. So I mean, cre- like you said, credits to the to the. um to the referee because I think they're watching it in real time. A couple of those decisions, I mean, I think were so hard to make. One of uh, Benzema's offside's goal, he was mm-hmm. offside by, by maybe an inch or two, but I think it was something where had they called it a goal and kept the flag down in real time, I don't know if they honestly would have would have called it back. You know, you really never know when they're going to VAR. So, like I said, I'm just happy that the game was refereed fairly and that there's really no problems because watching it in real time, there were roughly a couple instances where I thought that, wow, you know, this could be the point where we kind of get out, we kind of get through.
0: Yeah, and I think even the, even our first goal with, with Gerard, I mean, it seemed pretty clearly on side to me, but, you know, the fact that, that they, um it seems like anymore when something gets checked, you're never sort of holding your breath about what happens. Um and I guess the only thing I would say about the, about it was I sort of missed the days of the old offside rule because had the old offside rule been in effect, Madrid's first goal wouldn't have counted because Bale was in an offside position. Right. Yes. Started, he didn't get the ball. The play evolved around him where that he was put on side and then he scored. But you know. But yeah. I like, oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, like this, they, they like to change the, it.
1: The, right. The, the they changed it. But I mean, I I do understand just because um. You know, if you're a defender, you you really never know what they're seeing peripherally in their vision. So you never know how, even though the new offside rule, yes, okay, he's not offside because the ball wasn't played to him directly in that instance. But you never know how him being in an offside position is still affecting the defender around him, maybe causing him to be in a different position. Um, You know, so I don't know. Like, they change. They like to change a lot of things. I mean, I understand it. But still, you know, until you're there on the field in that role, I mean, you never know how anyone's positioning can affect you
0: right exactly I, but yeah overall i thought um i mean i think as always in in game you know you can always look at at um, when the other team scores and you can always find fault with well somebody should have done this somebody should have done that but it is after all the responsibility of the, of the other team to try to score too <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, so i don't think that you know i i think that the um the goal at the end of the first half was unfortunate. I think that was—I think that was probably the one point in the game where I saw more of a mental letdown than anything. Um, and mm-hmm. I—and I don't know that there was any real, um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. It's not like everybody thought the half was over. They didn't. It's—it's. It's, it just seemed like everybody. Yeah, was a little- I mean heels and, and madrid took advantage of that and made some nice passes and scored and that's what i happened. mean and
1: listen yeah that that back heel from from jovic through the legs i mean there's just not much he's gonna do that to a lot of defenders i mean i yeah. don't fault anyone specifically i mean it was just a beautiful pass um even then right. i mean i'd maybe like to have seen the awareness from andres a little bit more to come out quick but i mean i i completely understand i mean it was just a beautiful flick on and they were yeah. you know that was it yeah. i mean not really much you can do um like you said, I mean, I think I was just, a, you know, I wasn't disappointed at all, really. I mean, like you said, they were ripe for, for us taking a win. So in that aspect, I'm definitely a little bit disappointed. But I'm the kind of person that I, you know, I don't really like to bite off more than I can chew. So, um, you know, we soaked up a lot of that pressure. Comes, I mean, they came out early in the second half ready to hit another goal immediately and take that 2-1 lead. And I think, you know, we soaked up the pressure. They had a lot of opportunities that admittedly they didn't capitalize on you know a um, couple mm-hmm. headers and stuff like that but i mean i think it was good for us to soak up that pressure and then we came on back ourselves a little bit later during the second half and put our own pressure on and that's how we got our second goal so i was happy to see we didn't just completely let down in the second half sometimes and give up that goal i mean yeah ultimately we did give up the equalizer in the 85th minute but but like you said i mean it was just a good shoulder to shoulder play uh, i'm not even going to be mad at ontiveros at all you know really cuz he still played a very good game so you know, I mean, just lose the ball. And one thing leads to another, they're gonna, they're real Madrid. They're going to destroy you if they get the chance and all they need is one chance. So, you know, even then I'm just happy to see that we didn't completely let down in the second half and that, you know, we soaked up their pressure and their intensity and gave it right back and that we got our second goal. And I would have liked to have stopped it right there, stopped the game right there in the 60th and 70th (laughs) minute and get that 2-1 win. But, um, you know, like you said, things happen. It's one individual play that he gets bodied off. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him not get bodied off the ball by Modric, who is, like I said, you know, not one of the bigger players in the midfield. But uh, that's why he was a Ballon d'Or winner.
0: Yeah, I think um, and I think, frankly, in thinking about it, if we if we had gone into this game with, say, four points instead of one point, And we had and we had drawn it. Yes. We wouldn't have felt badly at all. We'd be saying, "Hey, all right, that's cool. You know, five points from three games. One of them against Madrid. We're we're looking pretty good." I think it's still. I think the. I think it's the the reflection of the um. Well, a couple things. I think one is the the fact that we were just you know just in the table going in with only one point, and the other that I think the shadow of last season is definitely hanging over us. And until. We can string together some wins and hold on to leads, um, and really, you know, really win some games easily where we where we outclass the other team. That's gonna be that's gonna still be around. Um, the one, um, th-
1: I, it's the funny part is I actually did a little bit of stat work, and I actually find it kind of funny because I always wanted to see something. And uh, so our first three results basically were um, a draw, a loss, obviously against Levante, and a draw again here. And through last season, actually, our first three results were a loss against Sociedad, um, a draw, I forget against two, and then uh, another loss. So we're actually going into the same break with the same amount of points as last year. I don't know how anybody wants to take that, but I did. I did find it really interesting because I thought, hey, like, what were our, what are our first three points? To the last games of last season, and it's actually exactly the same. And I mean, so far in the first three games, we've led up seven shots on goal, four shots on goal, and five shots on goal this last game. And interestingly enough, last season it was four shots on goal, six shots on goal, and six. So we're literally about the same average right now as far as points and as far as goals, uh, shots on goal from the other team. So take that, take that how you want it, but. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's kind of, I think the thing that, that people are wondering and, and, you know, are asking is basically are we, has anything changed? And that suggests, well, maybe it hasn't. I think that I think that for all the change in personnel, if if we're still we are scoring more. On the other hand, <laughs> we're still yeah. not able to keep the other team from scoring. Um,
1: right. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: a it's a it's a it's, um,
1: um, yeah. It's, I, I you know I don't really know say it, other way to say it. I mean I will say that speaking of people, I thought that played a good game from what I, I saw. I thought. Uh, Albiol played a very, very good game, being that you're going against one of the best attacking teams in the world. Um, So, you know, I I was really happy. Like, I think the thing we were saying earlier in the season was, okay, this is an experienced guy, somebody who's not fast, not quick at all, but he's experienced and he knows his positioning as well as anybody. And that's exactly what I saw this game as far as his positioning. He was there to to cut off those crosses all day long, which is really what Madrid was trying to do all game, just put crosses in there. Um, and they had their opportunities with Casemiro putting a header wide, with Benzema putting a couple headers wide. But overall, I mean, with the really dangerous crosses, I mean, he was there to clean it up. And he looked a lot more confident um, with him back there than I saw with Andres coming off his line. So I was I was fairly happy with that. I think that, like I said, I'm not going to fault um, Powell for the flick through the legs with Jovic for the first goal. I mean, that's just – that's class right there. So, yeah. I mean – Overall, I was happy with the defense. Like you said, the two goals, one we just kind of shut off on, and the other one, it was just an individual you know, kind of air maybe in the midfield that led to a really quick counterattack. And like you said, I mean, should that second goal have been saved? Yes, but, you know, that's that's what happens.
0: That's what happens. And, you know, I mean, you can make the same – I mean, Madrid fans are saying the same thing about, you know, about at least one of our goals. You know, Courtois should have saved it. Well – you know that that's what happens i think the, i think the um other thing i would say about the, there are a couple points that people have made on on um twitter and, and I, I i don't know what i necessarily agree with them but would just um bring it up is one is conditioning i think there is a, a feeling that I didn't actually see it as much this game as I thought in the Levante match, but, you know, we've had really hot weather in, in, uh, the Comunica Valenciana and the feel, and the, the feeling is that when we get to the end of, to the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the game that we're pretty gassed. I, I don't know. I don't know that I saw that this time. I think I saw that more in, in Levante, but it's all, but that was also a function of having been done in by the two penalties too. Um yes. the other thing that I noticed is that we are still um very one sided in our attack. And that's that was true in this game. Um Samu wasn't able to really get make much use of his speed. Mendy did a really good job covering him. Um while Moy has been, what, two goals and two assists in, in the first three games.
1: Yes. You know, yes. He's yes.
0: been excellent, and so it seems like our play has just gone more and more to the left side. Um, and we haven't had that much coming from, from the right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, don't know. I, I oh, think no. the, I think the real question is can we, we, the other thing about those statistics is last year we were, um, I think we were actually only one point because we had lost to Girona away too and drawn it. With somebody. But our fourth match of the season was away to Leganés, and we won it 1-0. I remember yes, it that. that's the funny part. I was about to say things, the same schedule. schedule. I remember it was a match that all season people were saying, well, that was one of the worst games we played all year, and we won. So, you know, I think the real issue for the team is if we can win at Leganés, and if we can um, win the week after at home against Valo You know, people are going to feel fine, and and we're going to, you know, things are going to look are going to look pretty good. It's just the longer that we go with giving up leads, um, regardless of how you give them up, um, it starts looking a little a little dicey. I don't actually remember the three games. I remember the first game of the season because we lost to Sociedad with a couple of individual errors. I remember that. I'm, I'm not remembering how we lost to Girona, but I know, but I know we did. (laughs) Um, And
1: look at them. They got, they ended up getting relegated.
0: (laughs) They ended up getting relegated. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that we, I think that we overall, um, just have to keep, just have to keep plugging away. I'm a little, um, also a little bit interested to see I mean, I thought Anguissa was excellent, um, when he mm-hmm. came on. <clears throat> um, he, he deserves to start in my book. Um, so yeah, I mean, Moy was impressive again. Gerard, three goals in three matches. You can't. Oh
1: yeah. Out. I'm, 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 ex- I'm definitely, I mean, you're at, he's doing everything <laughs> you're asking me to do as your striker. So, um, he looks, he just looks very on top of things. And, you know, a lot of strikers, they're not even. A lot of strikers just do well by knowing exactly where they need to be at the right time. And, you know, it's not even like his goals are, are super beautiful, but it does say something to Gerard that he's able to be in these places all the time to be able to capitalize, even if it's just on simple mistakes like nudging the ball away from Sergio Ramos. So, um, right. you know, it's good It's good to see that, that he's on top of things. And, you know, they don't need to be beautiful curlers from outside the box, but you know, a, a striker that is a poacher almost, I think is just as valuable as anybody else. So it's good to see three goals from three games. I mean, he's doing everything you're asking of him really. He's scoring every game. We just like you said, it's as far as holding these leads as a team, um, having that that mindset to be able to do it is uh it's just I think where we're at right now, you know, as far as the tough part. It's not even scoring like you said. I think we could put up goals with the best of them. I mean, um and it's looking like as well, I mean, a lot of top teams, like you said, Real Madrid, they're not looking great. Um, Barcelona, I mean, they drew to Osasuna. I mean, um, you know, so I think it's, you know, Atletico Madrid looks like the only team right now that's, I mean, three, nine, nine points from the first three games. I mean, they're doing everything you want. But, I mean, I think that we can score against anybody in this league, really. Like you said, it's just about holding it down and seeing what we're about as far as keeping the lead.
0: Yeah, I I think that's right. I think um, I think for us that I'm – With the fact that we are playing in Europe, it it seems to me that we that we're going to be probably be seeing some players who are who don't get much playing time for a while. And they're gonna have to kind of stay fresh for being able to come in for injuries or whatnot. But I'm thinking of guys like Trigueros, Morlanis, um um Santi Casares, who we tried to arrange a loan for and and uh, I guess that didn't work out. So he's still Real property. Um, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see that there's going to be um, that sort of management too. Um, I, I wish we had an alternative to Kintia at, at left back because I think, yes, asking a lot of him to be playing for the next eight to 12 weeks while Moreno is out. I think he, he was a really big loss on, on, uh, Sunday, the fact that we didn't have him. Um, yeah, I think
1: the, you really he, could have stepped up in the game and, uh, had an answer I, to that on that flank.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, so that's, that's the thing that really, um, concerns me, I guess, it, or is that we have some players who, um, I don't really see a role for. I mean, Trigueros, I don't see a role for him. And I feel like it's likely to be a fairly wasted year for him sitting on our bench. Um Caceres, the same way. Morlanis I think will probably get some opportunity. I hope so, but it, it's tough when you've got players that, you know, are are just not gonna play much. And I I feel like we have a yeah. few of those. Um
1: Yeah, and I think we're in that position as well where like you're saying, I mean we're already starting out um <clears> so far <throat> on two points, so it's like uh, a part of me is saying, all right, we're playing Leganés when we come back from the break. So that should be a, a point where we can – I mean, they're the bottom, the very bottom of the league table. So this is a team that you're saying they have no points. So this is a team that you're saying, okay, ideally, we should definitely take a win from that game. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's also a game where you could play some people that you wouldn't normally play. Like I said, Asenho was one. I mean, there's just no reason why he shouldn't get a chance, especially in that type of game. Um Santi Cáceres, I mean, like you're saying, I mean, that's another one where I'm saying there's just, there's no reason where you can't you can at least have him on the bench and at right. least see what he can do later in the game. Maybe if you were up a goal or two and you want to put a more defensive person in see how it goes. I mean, I think that's the game where there's just no reason where you shouldn't. But I also understand the other side of looking at that game of like, hey, we have only taken two points from our first three games. This is a game we desperately need to win. Basically, because, I mean, if you lose, I mean, we're, you're really going to be dropping your head a lot and saying, well, I mean, wow, like this is bottom of the league right here so far. We should be taking a win from this, even though it's not at home. Still, I expect cool. a win. I, I'm going to cautiously say that for the next game. That's my prediction. But, um you know, but it is a game where I would like to see some other people start out because I think it's a game that's still winnable and you don't have to put on your strongest lineup to see that. You're
0: right. And of course, the, the thing is, we've got we've got an international break now, so we've got We've got a little bit of time off, um, and then you've then you've got that match. Um, it's and like, it'll be interesting to see how 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 it works out. I think the thing is, it's going to be hard for um, it's going to be hard when you've got a team that's given up six leads in three games. It's going to be hard to get to the point where even if we're up two nil with in the seventy fifth minute, do you start Bringing in some subs to give them some playing time because you know you've got to have in your mind. Well, I don't want the roof to fall in here, you know.
1: Yeah, I understand. It's a very very slippery slope.
0: Unfortunately, that happens, and and with Vareal, we've seen that. I mean, not just last year, but just you know, we've we've had. It's it's been hard to get this to get this sort of mental thing off the off the team's back, and it's certainly not there yet. So I think if we're if we're ahead 2-0 late on, we're probably all gonna be feeling pretty good when we see the referee about to blow his whistle and it's still 2-0. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, yeah, be, I'll be very happy. Sigh of relief until no, then.
1: The, the, thing, the thing is, I'm actually still very cautiously optimistic. I mean, yes, I would have liked to have taken a win in the first game. I would have liked to have taken a win in all three games so far. But I think for some reason I'm still very optimistic uh, just because, like I said, there's just been periods where we play some great attacking football. And so that tells me, you know, it's like, hey, like we're able to do it on one side of the ball. All we need is to get it together on the other side of the ball and close out games defensively as a team. Um, and I think all it takes is a, a couple of games to do that. I mean, if we can close out a couple of games, what gives the team some more confidence I think that's all, it's all you really need. It's just more of a confidence thing of being able to, hey, like, we can do this. We can close out these leads, even if it's just one lead, even if we're getting battered for the last 10 minutes of a game, five, six shots on goal in the last, you know, getting that one, closing that one out means everything. And I think once we do that, we can build off that and hopefully next game again, do the same thing. Or even if it's just a tie, but if it gets a very high quality team, um, you know that's that's still something that I you know I'd like to build off and say all right we give the team that confidence to continue going forward and you know, so for some reason yeah I'm still very cautiously optimistic because I have seen them play some great football and we're capable of doing it so I still expect uh, at least after the international break to see like you said I I fairly yeah actually expect to see a win at Leganes and a win at Valladolid. or at least four points from those two games even if it's one is a draw but I'd like you know I'd really like, be looking I'd to like see two wins
0: two wins yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a let's take a brief break, and then when we come back, um, we talk a little bit about um, there are a couple of things that happened toward the end of the transfer window, and um, also talk a little bit about the B team. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back. And we're back. Okay. So um, the transfer window was closed today, and for Virial, it didn't really have. It was kind of weird. Um it's the first transfer window um in a while that I've been sitting around um with basically nothing to do. Um mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there were no rumors involving the real players, there were no rumors that we were trying to acquire anybody. The only thing that happened of um interest was Simone Moreno, who we had um played for our B team last year, um, striker. Um we were hoping to to Got him a loan with the Segunda side. We had one set up with Almeria, but then then um, the team got sold, and the new owner decided he didn't want to do that, and so didn't you know cancel the deal. And so then we were sending him to Malaga, and Malaga um, for even after we um, purchased Ontiveros. And even after we got, um, Alfred and Jai away from them and saved them some salary there, they still couldn't afford to sign anybody. So, because of their salary caps. So, Moreno is, is back with the B team now. So that's, that's an odd thing that happened. Um, in case you missed it, because I think it kind of went by fairly quickly, but, um, and Jai is now no longer a virial, um, play, um, property we sold him to al-Shabaab in Saudi Arabia for 6 million euros so um I guess that that's sort of the last of the Marcelino era experiments um behind us now
1: yeah and I mean like speaking of that I mean like you said um everybody that's been brought in has obviously been someone that Calleja is very fond of and wants on his team and thinks that's who he needs to put the pieces together to win so I think now that You know, like you said, him not playing Santi Cáceres, a lot of these other, you know, decisions that he's making. I mean, he has his team that he wants. He has everybody, Mm -hmm. hopefully, or close to everybody that he asked for and that he wanted. So, I mean, now it's just as far as implementing his game plan. There's no players really, like you said, left over from other places that he doesn't know what to do with. I mean, he has his team. So, I mean, he should hopefully get the results that he wants.
0: Right, right. I thought it was interesting. One thing in the transfer window had happened – that Celta were, were um, pretty active and they there uh, picked up Rafinha on loan from Barcelona and um, they have, you know, with him Gen- and Dennis awesome. Gen- Suarez, Suarez. Who, who came up in the Celta system. um Of course, Iago Aspas and um, Santi Mina, they've got, they've got some of their, um, player Cantorano is back together, which is very similar to what Villarreal has done, picking up Moy Gomez, um, picking up Gerard the year before. Um, you know, we had seven of our starters against Madrid were were uh, Cantorano players, so that's that's a pretty impressive total. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of the Cantera, the the C team, which I um, I have to confess I have. I did get to see a little bit of their last game, but I don't know many of their, of their players, uh, necessarily. But they, they've won their first two matches and the B team went down to Hercules, which is, um, um, Alicante and a team that was in the Primera not all that many years ago and, uh, won 2-1. Um, Oquele Akale, um, scored the winning goal and it was, very reminiscent of a Giuseppe Rossi goal in uh, 2011 against um, Español. It was from a very tight angle, and and he just roofed it. You know, and it was like, you look at it, it was like, there's no place to shoot. <laughs>
1: yeah. How, <laughs> well, how did you even get that in there?
0: So, yeah, so that was pretty awesome. Um, but the B team has, you know, two wins from two. Um, Hercules were in the playoffs last year, and they they're one of the teams that – you figure would be a rival for us for the playoffs this year. So, you know, it's only two matches, but two wins or two wins. And at least they were good at, at closing out the game when they had a lead.
1: So, yeah. yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's always good to see one of our teams doing that. Definitely. Um You know, I mean, for anybody that wants a cool little, you know, we're, we're pretty much second in our group. I mean, six points were top of the table with La Nucia. So, that's what I saw as far as that goes. Um You know, I mean, at all, on any record, I mean, t- like you said, it's very early, but, I mean, it's always good to see your uh, Cantera teams doing very well because, obviously, you know, any team that can't afford to go out constantly and sign players, I mean, the only way you survive is by continuously bringing up players that show promise, like Chigwezi, like other people like that. So, as your B and C teams go, so kind of does your overall roster. You can only afford to sign so many players, like you said, To have six or seven on our team for this game um, is very impressive, really. So, continuing that, you know, always awesome, always awesome to see.
0: And I think that's one of the reasons why you know the senior coach last year got really ticked off with a couple of teams for. I guess it's when you're when you turn seventeen, right, that you 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 can sign
1: professional
0: forms. I
1: I believe so. Yes, I think. um, think In the EU, I. I think, I believe it is, uh, might be earlier in the EU, but if you're not from the EU, I believe it, I believe it's 18, but don't quote me on that. Okay,
0: well I think for, I think if you're in the EU, I think it may be 17. Um, Yeah, yeah. I know know it's younger. I know know that he was upset because there were, so basically what that means is you can have a kid who comes all the way through your, you know, through your whole, um, system, and gets to 16, which is, um, and then when they get ready to, then when they get ready to sign at 17, they can go anywhere. You don't get a transfer yes. fee for them. And I guess there's sort of always been this maybe unwritten rule or gentleman's agreement or whatever that you don't, that you sort of don't, don't have players, yeah. but that's, but that's been changing in recent years. And I guess we lost a couple of, players last year that you know turned 17 and they they were obviously being yeah times um I
1: mean, genuinely yeah no no definitely I was just about to say I mean I think I saw a story that one of Barcelona's great La Masia products I mean got taken from PSG and a lot of people were complaining you know PSG basically just said show me the money and they showed the kid the money and he left you know, and he had been all throughout La Masia as a kid. I mean he was I think it was Xavi yeah. Simmons. Xavi Simmons or something like that. So it just goes to show you even like kids from La Masia who you're thinking, Man, if I had a kid, I'd want him to stay there his entire life and come up through the system. Even kids like that are saying, Hey man, you show me the money and I'm out, I'm leaving. I'm right? out of here. You show me yeah. you show me a better situation, I'm there. So it's not even just teams like us. I think it's just a matter of the times and kids growing up and saying, You know what, I want money and fame and opportunity and you know, especially with us, it's you know, it's 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 very important to hold on to our youngsters. So, um, you know. And I and I was
0: reminded of it, of it today too because one of the one of the last transfer day deadline moves was um I don't know if you remember Alex Garcia, but he he played for us. He came through our Cantera system, and he was um an attacking midfielder, and Manchester City um came. Calling and I and this oh, yeah. would have been after he was 17. So I mean, they, you know, and and Senior Roy did not stand in the way of it. I mean, he basically said, "Hey, you know, yeah, it, you you've got to do what you got to do, and and the deal was fair for for us. You know, we got some sort of fee from it, and fair for the player. But he's been he's had a tough time um, settling." Yeah, in, I mean. In Manchester City. Yeah, and so they've they've loaned him to Girona, um, where he was last year, and and he's been there before. So um, now they've sent him to Royal Mucron in Belgium, and it's like at this point you're thinking, he well, would,
1: yeah, he would just, just been kind of better be, off staying with us, huh?
0: Yeah, it would have been better off would have been better off staying with us and and getting an opportunity in a system that you knew I think but you know it's it's
1: oh, yeah. it's, it's to, to each their own definitely I mean he thought his path he, was there I think I all I can hope for players like that that leave is that they always know that they have a home with Villarreal and I think a lot of them do and I think that's why you see a lot of our our players sign back like Moy Gomez or whatever come back because I think they know that you know we're not a, you know no one's going to stand in their way of leaving they let them see their other opportunities and if those other opportunities You know, it's not always the type of situation where the grass is greener on the other side, but I think I hope that they always know that, I mean, at least with us, that they have a place to come back to and that we'll accept them back and that, you know, I mean, if you raise somebody through your academy, I think it means something still. Even though, like I said, times are changing. I mean, I think it still means something.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, I've always thought, um, I always thought Alex was going to be a player who would come up and, and star for us. I mean, he was, he was sort of um, together with Moy. I think um, sort of players that I really thought would do well. And uh, you know, I hope I hope maybe he maybe he will. I mean, certainly the Belgian league is one that we. It's a nice league for him to play in because if he can do well there, it will get noticed because it's a yes, it's yes. a kind of league where you can pick up some bargains. Um, if you if you look around so you know hopefully it'll work out for him i i hope it does and i hope we um you know it works out and we end up having him back sometime but you never know it's it's just it's also what a player makes of it
1: yeah um, nope yeah. I mean, definitely i yeah. every you know adapting to another country is is hard enough as it is i mean he just needs to um you know you never know how it can go full circle i mean a, a one that i really like to look at um is uh real madrid's guy odegaard and i mean i, I think a, a year or two ago i mean i think he was playing in belgium as well for a little bit of a while i mean 16 they sign him he comes up you know doesn't come up through them but like you know sign him at 16 they immediately start loaning him off to different clubs and i mean and now he's back at he made it all the way back to sociedad which i say is definitely a step up from where he was i think a year or two ago i think in the one of the belgian teams i just forget which one but yeah. i think he scored i think he even ended up scoring last weekend to give sociedad the win so I mean, however Alex chooses his path, I mean, it doesn't matter. There's always a way you can come back full circle and come back to where you were before. So, yep, yeah, that's you yeah. know, that's basically it.
0: Yep, there's there's uh, there's a lot of the one thing is that now the the game is so much better scouted and so much more international than than it was that you know teams are going to find you. Um,
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh gosh, I mean, there's another. social media, all that. I mean, there, it's I've read, I've. I, that's crazy really I, I read a story um about this he's a coach i mean a german scout or something like that and the story of uh, basically how he um how he scouted and found uh Alexis vidal oh yeah, okay vidal. and it was, it was a really cool story because they just basically they said they weren't even paying him at the time this was about 10 years ago and he said back then it was already starting to come up the scouting and all that for these teams um and basically he just they basically sent him to Chile, just said, look around. And he was just sitting around one day, and he was watching games over and over over. I mean, he's t- basically in his article, he's saying he spent a good 90% amount of his time just literally watching over Chilean professional soccer games, looking for that talent. And that's how he spotted Vidal, and that's how he agreed um, to get him to sign for uh, – the, 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 the first team he went to, I think it was a German team um, – I want to say it was Leverkusen or something like that. I don't quite know Vidal's history too well. First couple of teams. I think it was something like that. But anyways, the story is really cool because he was just saying back then already 10, 15 years ago, how it was for scouting coming up, how he would just sit and watch videos and all day of these, of these uh, Chilean soccer games, which I mean, really sounds crazy when you think about it, but he says that now it's even 20 times crazier. So Mm -hmm. just a funny story that I was like, wow, I mean, yeah, Yeah. they're uh, crazy.
0: Right. And of course, you know, when Virial were building their, their, uh, their first powerhouse teams, we had, we had a lot of South American players and the, and the, somebody asked Senor Roj, you know, why? And he's like, well, because you can find bargains there. I mean, you know, we found players like Marcos Senna there that, that you could never, now, nowadays
1: you wouldn't do that. No, yeah. They'll, they'll make their lateral move from that Argentinian team to somewhere like Barcelona or something like that. You know, that's how it goes now.
0: Yeah. Well, now you've got teams that can, that basically have money, but they can afford to warehouse these players where I think that used to not be so true that nowadays, if, if, you know, if you had somebody like a Marco Senna or somebody like that in Brazil, um, you know, a, a team can, you know, a PSG, a Manchester City, a, an Italian team, whatever, it doesn't matter exactly who, but there are teams that basically have a budget for, okay, so we'll, we'll sign this, this kid for, you know, not that much money and then we can loan him out, you know, and basically we're not paying him a salary really because we're, we're basically developing him on somebody else's dime and, that's, and yeah. that, and that may work, um, and it may not, but, you know, you you really you can afford to have when you look at, at the ro- the official rosters of some of these teams, they're just huge, and you're like, well, who are all these players? And you find yeah. that like, two thirds of them are they're just are
1: constantly low knees, Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So you know, no, that's, I mean,
1: and, that's, and it's it's a it's a smart idea because really all it takes is one. You find the you know, the, one of these Argentinian teams, you know, even mid-table teams, if they find the next great star and you know develop them and sell them off i mean and you're making what 50 60 million off this guy because that's how crazy transfer fees have become in this day and age um you know that that's you know could that 50 60 million takes in the next couple of years of again signing lower tier players and developing them it just continues right. the cycle so it's it's actually really good business now that you tell me that and how that i think about it
0: yeah and it's like 50 million, 50 million euros or whatever that that operates a cantera for a really long time <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. yeah basically you know that's what I'm thinking, i'm like I mean, wow man you, yeah. you find one good kid 50, at 50 million you sell them off you're set yeah you're
0: set. yeah that, that 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 makes you that you can you can pay for a lot of uh, a lot of meals and training set training tables that way yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. um so, especially in Colombia, trust me
0: spe- okay <laughs> <laughs> um So real quick before we, before we go, um, to, to look at other La Liga teams, has anybody impressed you particularly?
1: Um, I think Levante, believe it or not. I was, I, I saw something the other day. I was like, can I never thought that the best team from Valencia right now out of the gate would be Levante? Um, and I mean, I don't know what that says about us still blowing that, blowing that lead, um, quite frankly, and losing that game, which is still, like I said, I don't even want to think about it. Very hurtful. But yeah. I, you know, I'm, you know, before I thought, wow, what was us? But now, I mean, after three games and they're fifth, I think, on the table, I'm starting to think maybe it wasn't a fluke at all on our part. Maybe they just really are a pretty good team to contend with. But obviously, it's just three games in. Um, You know, I'm not going to put too much up to it. But that was one of the ones I was really surprised at, definitely. Um, I think that other, you know, I mean, Atletico Madrid to be top of the table, I'm not really that surprised. I mean... I guess maybe the fact that they had so many outgoing players and they were able to replace them um, quite easily, it seems like, and still take nine points from three games. I mean, yeah, that is very impressive. But at the end of the day, Atletico Madrid is still one of the top three teams and one of the best leagues in the world, so I'm not surprised that they're top of the table. Um, Osasuna, I see, is in sixth place. And obviously any team that just came up from the Segunda, I mean, that's an impressive feat to be holding one of the top six Europa League or Champions League spots at this you know, in any state, really. So
0: yeah, I think uh, Sasuna has the advantage that they, I know we were talking, when I was talking with Sid in one of the podcasts, he made, he made the point that, you know, the teams from the Segunda, when you, when you're, when you win the Segunda and you come up, you know, you get that automatic promotion and you come up in first place, that tends to stay with you for a little bit because you, because you've learned how to win. And in their case, they haven't changed. They haven't changed that many players, right? I mean, they've added some, but they have, but there's, but. Yeah,
1: but for the most part, yeah, it's the same, it's, um, it's
0: players. still the core of it. They play. They're still, you know, pretty, they're really tough to beat at home. Um, and so I think for them, yeah, typically some of the, at least one of the teams that comes up does pretty well for the first half of the season. And then sometimes they slip back. I mean, that happened with Olive. Yeah. Ago.
1: i think i think what's really surprising to me as well is that it's, it's not just one of them doing pretty decent but i mean if i told you right now that granada is in ninth place and that even mallorca i mean by those standards i mean to be ahead of us really by a point but still ahead of us i mean all of these teams I, I think i saw like i said i saw an article um that was saying that you know again just through the first three games i'm not taking too much from it but the fact that it, it look it's looking a lot more competitive than I thought it would be. I mean, if you asked me, I would have thought that Barcelona would have nine points from the first three really? games and Real Madrid would have more than five, but it seems to be a little bit more competitive. I mean, being that, you know, all three of these teams promoted from the Segunda, I mean, of all three of them so far, all of them are 14th place or above. I mean, um, one that I, you know, I think we talked about a while ago, but Hitafe, I mean, they're sitting one spot above the relegation. It's, you know, two points just like us, basically. But the fact of the matter is like, This was a, this is a team that also has to play in the Europa League this season, I believe.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of, I don't expect them to get relegated, but I don't think they're going to play all that well, um, because of the, because of the dual, um, requirements of, of Europa and, and league. And I just, I don't know. I just think that their, their, um, their style of, of football is tough to maintain and to, yeah, Over the An- whole anti-football years. Yeah, um, I think the other uh, thing I was, I was going to say though is that I've, I'm impressed with. I think one of the th- reasons why you're seeing these these smaller the teams that came up can do well is that, unlike you know five ten years ago, now the the TV money is at least fairer, so that teams coming up can spend. 20 million euros on a player you know they yep. can they can they can go after this guy that that might be really um you know somebody they can sort of build the team around to at least make mid-table kind of thing it's not exactly it's 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 not quite like it used to be when you just had no money at all you know so mm-hmm. um,
1: yeah you're just praying i mean one, one more thing i want to point now that i have the table up here one thing that i think may surprise you is Our next opponent, Leganess, has only scored one goal through their first three games. Yes. And so, I mean, for me, I don't know about you, but what that tells me is it kind of even heightens my expectations a little bit more for how we should produce when we play them. I mean, being that they have no points and they've scored one goal from their first three games, I'm fully expecting that, you know, a 2-0 scoreline You know, that's at least me. I mean, like I said, the more I look into their stats, the more I'm saying. I mean, wow, this is this is a good test for us. In the fact that, I mean, we should by all means win this. Yeah, I I I think personally. I agree.
0: I I thought Leganes were going to struggle. I mean, I I figured they were going to be a team that was going to struggle this year. Um, they sort of have that. I don't know there's certain there's certain arcs that teams follow right and and Leganés you know got promoted that they kind of great you know feel good story you know but but they have sort of haven't been able to really build on much of anything and generally and and you know last year they they sort of ended up near the relegation zone not in it obviously um and I think the question for me is When I look at a team like that, it's like, well, I don't really feel, I don't really see a lot of coming up. Um, teams that, teams that finish like in the 14th through 16th positions for a couple of years usually end up going down. They don't usually end up going from there into the top eight or something. So I'm kind of looking at that. that. So, you know, I'm, so that's, you're right. I mean, I think we should win that game. I guess the other thing I want to do though, um, real quick, thinking of teams that I think they're limited in some degree, but, um, partly because of how they operate, but, um, athletic club, um, you know, defeated, um, Real Sociedad last weekend in the Basque Derby and, or one of the Basque Derbies, I guess the one that they really think of as it. And, um, yeah. you know, I mean, Iñaki Williams is, uh, <laughs> you know he's he's a force of nature he's pretty amazing um i think mm-hmm. how and I, and, I th- and i think overall too weird really cool to no because you know it's it's basically a, a team that relies on a on a number of parts that if any one of them breaks um they can be they can they can struggle but uh you know i've been very impressed with their play so far
1: yeah i was going to say that um you know i think every time i think of Athletic Club. I'm always so impressed, just because obviously they they stay true to themselves, and uh, you can see it in the Basque derby. I mean, Sociedad used to be like that, I and mean, like, hey, we're only gonna let our Basque players play, and then they obviously relented on that rule eventually. But you know, it's always amazed me Athletic Club i have always stayed true to that that one simple thing, which is that hey, nobody born outside or had that has that doesn't have connections to our part of the country will never play for us. And I think it's crazy because it's like it still shows, you know, like with every you mentioned in Yaki, I think it's cool because this is someone whose parents were immigrants. They came over there. He grew up there. So, I mean, you could still definitely call him Basque being that he grew up there. But it's cool that they still take in other people, you know, childhood yeah. immigrants. They could they could very easily be mean about it and say, hey, I mean, you're not really Basque. But I mean, I think it's really cool that they're very open, you know, on what their interpretation of Basque is. And they still allow other people that come from other areas to represent them. Um, in some I, way, shape or form. So that's very cool.
0: Yeah. And I guess I think his uh, little brother is playing for their maybe for their B team now or he's somewhere in their oh. in their system. So, yeah, uh-huh. it, I mean, it's kind of interesting because they're the kind of team that it's like they they have when they sell off a player for a bunch of money. There are very few other players that can go out and get,
1: because... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm always wondering that. How do you replace? By, you know? so how do you replace these people? Yeah, like yeah, how do, you do this. It's, it's kind of but good. They, I, they, I, they I, always I, seem to amaze me.
0: Yeah, I know. I
1: mean, uh, so them. I think that mid table right now, Valencia is tenth, Barcelona's eighth. Um, yeah, I mean, Betis has climbed out of their hole and they're now above. You know, they're above us by a point. They're fifteenth place. So. Like I said, I think that going back to your earlier point, just one of our last our last things to say is that, I mean, A, like very – a big game now that I think – I'm still very optimistic overall, um, but I think that a very big game coming up after the international break because you take this win and then we're on five points. And, I mean, that jolts us up to mid-table, 10th, 9th, assuming a bunch of these other teams draw or lose. So, uh, you know, a big game coming up that could really vault us back into a, a good a good place to be.
0: Yeah, I just think from the standpoint of the mentality of a team, but also the mentality of the fan base, getting us away from those bottom three positions as soon as we can will make everybody feel better. Um yeah. you know, even, if, even if we end up sort of drifting around mid-table most of the year, I think what people are really afraid of is being down there in the bottom. And, and you know, I hate having to write those articles about, you know, what do we need to stay up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Following those every week last, last season, you giving me, uh, many, many heart attacks every season. And then I'd go into the table and I'd say, all right, yeah, you're right. If they just need, this team just drops this game, then, then we're good. You know, I don't want to be there anymore. I'd rather be doing the opposite. Like how many points do we need for Europa League or hopefully Champions League or something like that? Something like that. All right. Well,
0: I'm going to let you, let you go. Um, so you can, um, you can enjoy, um, not having to put up the storm shutters
1: <laughs> oh yes <laughs> and always uh, fun i mean look i have the easy close ones by the way so i think every time i tell somebody that i'm like oh, i got gonna put up my shutters, and they're like wait don't you have the easy close ones i'm like yes i do then like you're not really oh, okay. and then
0: all right well yeah so, so i don't have to feel don't have to feel bad when y'all yeah. you know. okay all
1: right exactly exactly all
0: right well anyway good talking to you as always end of We'll um probably try and catch up um maybe next week and just um focus in a little more on on Ace and and uh maybe talk about if anything interesting has happened during the international break. So anyway, mm-hmm. for for Joseph, this is Alan and the Vireal. Yes.